Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memeber Abraham Goldhai and today Masechus Yuma Daf Mem Zayin, the beginning of the fifth parak Hotzilo. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. The opening mission of the fifth parak states Hotzilo is a kafe samachta. They bring out for him the ladle and the shovel. Chafamoy chafnev v'nasal entochel kaf. He scoops up his cupped hands full of katoras and places it in the kaf. The Quran asks why the cup is needed on Yom Kippur since the Pasuk states, Mali Chafnav, the Havi, he shall take his cupped hands full of finely ground katoras and bring them within the Kaparochas. The Gemara answers that it was not possible to carry the katoras into the Kodesh without the cup. He couldn't enter once with the shovel full of coals and then come back again with the Chafina since the Pasuk mentions bringing in only once. If we were to take the katoras in his hands and put the makta on top, then he would need to grasp the makta in his teeth and place it on the ground and then put the katoras on it. This would be unseemly if done before a human king, let alone before the melch, malchim, amlachim, akadosh Therefore, since it's not possible to bring the katoras in his cupped hands, he does it in the manner that's found by the Nassim. Rashi explains that when the Nassim brought their special offerings for the inauguration of the Mishkan, they offered a kaf katoras, a ladleful of katoras. Point number two, the Gemara relates that Rabbi Shmuel ben Kimchis had such large hands that when he was called Gado, he would do chafina with four kabin of katoras. Once on Yom Kippur, while speaking to a certain Arab in the market, a drop of spittle sprayed from the Arab's mouth onto Rabbi Shmuel's garment, making him Tameh, and his brother Yeshiva served as Kongadol in his place. Their mother saw two of her sons serving as Kohan Gadolim on the same day. A similar incident occurred another year while he was speaking to a nobleman, and his brother Yosef served in his stead. It was taught in a brace Shiva Banim Hayala Kimchis, Bakuan Shimshu Bakuna Gadoa. Kimchis had seven sons, and all of them served as Kohan Gadol. The Rabbanan asked her what she did to be Zohar to this, and she replied, In all my days, the beams of my house didn't see the braids of my hair. They said to her, Many women did this and didn't accomplish what you did. And point number three, the Gemara brings an inquiry regarding the rule that the Komets is not supposed to be overflowing. Rabbi Yochanan said that Rabbi Yeshua ben Uzzah inquired, What's the status of that which is trapped between the fingers of one's full comets? Is it considered part of the comets or not? Rapapa clarified that the question pertained to that which is trapped between the fingers and not visible to either side. When Yeshua ben Uzzah resolved the question and answered that that which is trapped between the fingers is a safek, the Gemara asked what should be done with it. Ramari says that according to the Rabbanan, who forbids something that's meant to be eaten to be placed on the Mizbeach, even for the sake of firewood, there's no option except to come say Shemini, that Fakalhanim perform Kamitsa. Since her hands are pudgy, nothing will get trapped between their fingers. So once again, the three points are number one. The opening mission of the fifth parak states, They bring up from the ladle on the shovel, He scoops up his cupped hands full of katoras and places it in the cuff. The Gemara asks why the cuff is needed on Yom Kippur, since the Pusik states, He shall take his cupped hands full of finely ground katoras and bring them within the parochas. The Gemara answers that this was not possible to carry the katoras into the Kodesh Kodoshim without the cuff. He couldn't enter once with the shovel full of coals and then enter again with the chafina, since the Pusik mentions bringing in only once. If we were to take the katoras in his hands and put the makta on top, then he would need to grasp the makta in his teeth and place it on the ground and then put the katoras on it. This would be unseemly if done before a human king, let alone before the Melch Malchay Amlachim Akadish Baruchu. Therefore, since it's not possible to bring the Katoras in his cupped hands, he does it in the manner that's found by the Nasim. Now she explains that when the Nasim brought their special offerings to the inauguration of the Mishkan, they offered a Kaf Katoras, a ladleful of Katoras.
Pointing to the Gemara relates of Rabbi Shmuel ben Kimchi said such large hands that when he was Kohen Gadol, he would do Hafina of four cubbing of Ketoris once in Yom Kippur. While speaking to a certain Arab in the market, a drop of spittle sprayed from the Arab's mouth onto Bishmael's garment, making him tame, and his brother Yeshev served as Kohen Gadol in his place. Their mother saw two of her sons serve as Kohanim Gadolim on the same day. A similar incident occurred another year while he was speaking to a nobleman, and his brother Yosef served in his stead. It was taught in the Bryce that Shiva Banim Hayola Kimchis Vakuan Shimshu Bakuna Gadola. Kimchis had seven sons and all of them served as Kong Gadol. The Rabban asked what she did to be Zoha to this, and she replied, Yamai Uro Kors Basi Kalisari. In all my days, the beams of my house did not see the braids of my hair. They said to her, Harbi Asuken, Many women did this and did not accomplish what you did. And point number three, the Gemara brings an inquiry regarding the rule that the Komets is not supposed to be overflowing. Rabbi Yochan said, Rabbi Yishu ben Uzzah inquired, What's the status of that which is trapped between the fingers of one's full comets? Is it considered part of the comets or not? Rabbi clarified that the question pertained to that which is trapped between the fingers and not visible to either side. Rabbi Yishu ben Uzzah resolved the question and answered that that which is trapped between the fingers is a safek. The Gemara asks, what should be done with it? So Ramari says that according to the Rabbanan, who forbids something that's meant to be eaten to be placed on the Mizbeach, even for the sake of firewood, there's no option except the Kamsi Shemini, that fat Kohanim perform Kamitsi. Since their hands are pudgy, nothing will get trapped between their fingers. All right, so now we go to our Simfer Daf Mem Zayin, and our standard simon is a maze. A maze. So here goes. The boy running through the Yom Kippur maze with a ladle of Katoras had to locate seven brothers dressed as Kohanim Gadolim and got bonus points if he found the kid with very pudgy hands. Once again, it's emotion. The boy running through the Yom Kippur maze, maze, that must be more tough, Mem Zion. The boy running through the Yom Kippur maze with a ladle of Katoras, which reminds us that the reason the Kongala carries the Katoras into the Kodesh Kodeshim with the cuff is that it was not possible without it. He couldn't enter once with the shovel full of coals and then enter again with the chafinas, since the Pusik mentions bringing in only once. If he were to take the katoras in his hands and put the machta on top, then he would need to grasp the machta in his teeth and place it on the ground and then put the katoras on it. This would be unseemly if done before a human king, let alone before the melech malchem lachim of Therefore, since it's not possible to bring the katoras in his cupped hands, he does it in the manner that's found by the Nassim. Rashi explains that when the Nassim brought their special offerings for the inauguration of the Mishkan, they offered a kaf katoras, a ladleful of katoras. So the boy running through the Yom Kippur maze with a ladle of katoras had to locate seven brothers dressed as Kohanim Gadolim, which reminds us, it was taught in a bride, Shiba Banim Hayala Kimchis, Bakulan Shimshu Bakuna Gadol. Kimchis had seven sons, and all of them served as Kohan Gadol. The Rabban asked her what she did to be Zohar to this, and she replied, In all my days, the beams of my house didn't see the braids of my hair. They said to her, they said to her, Many women did this and didn't accomplish what you did. So the boy running through the Yom Kippur maze with a ladle of Katoras had to locate seven brothers dressed as Kohanim Gadolim and got bonus points if he found the kid with very pudgy hands, which reminds us. The more brings an inquiry regarding the rule that the Komets is not supposed to be overflowing. When Yochanan said that Rabbi Yeshua ben Uzzah inquired, What's the status of that which is trapped between the fingers of one's full Komets? Is it considered part of the Komets or not? But Papa clarified that the question pertained to that which is trapped between the fingers and not visible to either side. Rabbi Shubin resolved the question and answered that that which is trapped between the fingers is a suffix. The Gemara asked, well, what should be done with this? So Ramari says that according to the Rabbanan, who forbids something that's meant to be eaten to be placed in the Mizbeach, even for the sake of firewood, there is no option except the Kamsi that fat Kohanim perform Kamitsa. Since their hands are pudgy, nothing will get trapped between their fingers. 
So once again, the boy running through the Yom Kippur maze with a ladle of Katoras had to locate seven brothers dressed as Kohanim Gadoim and got bonus points if he found the kid with very pudgy hands. All right, now it's time for a four blot about Chazara. Daf Mem Gimel. So the Simmer Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The woman placing the ashes of the Paraduma outside the camp found a How to Be Machaper magazine. Magazine? That must be more in Daf Mem Gimel. The woman placing the ashes of the Parduma outside the camp, which reminds us that Uluk continues expanding the Psukim about the Parduma. The Pasuk states, Va'asav ish tahor as efar and a man who is tahor shall gather the ash of the cow, and he shall place it outside the camp in a tahor place. Ish, lahakshir sa'zar. The specification of man comes to qualify as czar for this procedure. Tahor, lahakshir sa'isha. The specification of tahor comes to qualify a woman for it. Rashi explains that there's no need to teach that a tame may not gather the ashes. So the woman placing the ashes of the Parduma outside the camp found a how to be a Machaper magazine with a picture of a Kongado after his first vidui on his par, which reminds the mission state the Kongado then comes to the bowl a second time and confesses. The Gemara asks, why is it different that in the case of the first vidui that he doesn't say, and in the second vidui he says it. The Gemara brings up Raisa that was taught in the Yeshiva of Ishmael to answer the question. Logic dictates better that an innocent one should come to gain kapara for the guilty one rather than a guilty one should come to gain kapara for the guilty one. So the woman placing the ashes of the Parduma outside the camp found a how to be Machaper magazine with a picture of a Kongado after his first vidui on his par comfortably walking down the center of the Mizbeach ramp. Which reminds the next mission says every day Kohanim send the Mizbeach on the eastern side of the ramp and descend on his western side. Rashi explains that the Lach requires the one who ascends the Mizbech to turn towards the right at the top. If the cone would climb up the left side of the ramp, he would need to cross the ramp at the top, and that would be unseemly to needlessly cross the ramp. The Mishnah continues, But today, the Kongado ascends the center of the ramp and descends in the center. Rashi explains that each time the Kongado ascends the Mizbech, he ascends and descends in the center of the ramp. He thus traverses the entire width of the ramp on each ascent, whether he needs to or not. This display of familiarity demonstrates the Kosh Baruch great love for the Jewish people. The reason the Kohen Gadol is permitted to cross the ramp for no purpose is because he's the Jewish people's shaliach. His act is symbolic of the unique relationship between the Kosh Baruch and the Jewish people. Rebuda says the Kohen Gadol always ascends and descends in the center. Daf Mem so the simmer Daf Mem is mud. So here goes. Holy mud, mud. That must be more than Daf Mem Holy mud was placed outside the Heichel, preventing anyone from entering while the Kohen Gadol brought Katoris, which reminds the Gemara brought a Bryce that introduced the prohibition against someone occupying the Heichel while the Katoris is being burned, based on the Moed, no person shall be in the Moed, referring to when the Kohen Gadol enters the Kosh Kadashim. The Gemara brings a mission from Kelim that states that we must separate from the air between the Ulam and the Mizbeach during the time of the burning of the Katoris. Now this refers to the twice-daily burning of the Katoris in the Heichel. Rabbi Lazar said the Rabban only taught this law in regard to the burning of the Katoris in the Heichel. The Rabban feared that one standing there might unthinkingly enter the Heichel during that time, which is forbidden him in the Raisa. But regarding the time of burning the Katoris in the Kashkadoshim, we must separate from the Heichel, but there's no need to separate from the air between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. Rashi explains that the Kodesh is relatively distant from the space between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. The Rabban were not fearful that one's awareness of burning the Katoris in the Kashkadoshim will move someone to enter the Heichel. So, holy mud was placed outside the Heichel, preventing anyone from entering while the Kohen Gadol brought Katoris. 
that is mechaperes for Lashon Hora, which reminds us, the Gemara asks if burning the Ketores actually atones, and answers that it does, Rabbi Hanani taught a brisa, which say that we've learned the Ketores is mechaperes, as it says in the puzzle regarding the aftermath of Korok's rebellion, and he armed, placed the Ketores, and atoned for the people. And Abraisa was taught in Yeshiva Rabbi Shmuel, what does the Ketores atone? Al Lashon Hora, for the sin of Lashon Hora. This refers to the people accusing Moshe and Aaron for being responsible for the death of Korach and his followers. Yavo Davar, Let something that is offered in private, the Ketores, atone for an act committed in private, referring to the Lashon Hora. Rashi explains that Lashon Hora is generally spoken in private, even though in this specific instance, it was said publicly. So, holy mud was placed outside the Heichel, preventing anyone from entering while the Kohen Gadol brought Ketores, that is Mechaperes for Lashon Hora, in on the golden shovel he used, to scoop the coals. Which reminds the Mishnah Daf Mem Gimel Ambei stated that every day the cone would scoop up the coals with a silver shovel and then pour the coals into a gold shovel. The Gemara explains the reason for the two shovels is the Torah Chasal Mamon Yisrael. The Torah was concerned with the Jewish people's money. Rush explains that we too must be concerned for it and therefore we do not use a gold shovel for scooping up the coals lest it become ruined. The Mishnah continues by Yom But today on Yom Kippur the Kohen Galo scoops them up with the gold shovel and with it he brings them in. The Gemara says the reason is Mishmachosh of the Kohen Galo. It's because of the weakness of the Kohen Galo. Rush explains that we fear that the extra effort of pouring from one shovel to the next will exhaust them. Daf Mem Hay. So the Simmer Daf Mem Hay is Monopoly. The Mizbech Monopoly board Monopoly. That must be more in Daf Mem Hay. Ma Monopoly. The Mizbech Monopoly board with a different Maracha in each corner, which reminds us that the Mishnah and Daf Mem Gemal and Base introduced Malchus regarding how many Marachas were on the Mizbech during the year, while all agree that one was added on Yom Kippur for the calls to be used for the Katoris. The Gemara here brings a brace that identifies the purpose of each of the Marachas. According to Behuda, there were two daily Marachas, the Maracha Gadoa, to burn the Kurbanas on it, and the second Maracha for the daily Katoris. Rabbi Yosi holds there was an additional Maracha for Kima Eish, maintaining a fire on the Maracha Gadoa. Rashi explains that the fire on the large Maracha was not blazing sufficiently, they had replenished it with burning wood from this fire. Rameir holds that there was a fourth daily maracha for Evarim Padarim Shil Nisakuma Be'erev, the limbs and fats that were not consumed at night. Rashi explains that this refers to the limbs and fats that were not placed on the maracha the previous day for lack of room, or those that were placed on the maracha but didn't have time to become entirely consumed. The more proceeds to bring the sources for each one. So the Mizbeach Monopoly board, with a different maracha in each corner, had a pile of wood splinters piled high in the center. Which reminds the more clarifies the Rabbi source for the third maracha, which was for Kima Eish, maintaining the fire on the maracha Gadoa, is from the Pasuk, the Eish al Mizbech to Kadbo, and the fire on the Mizbech shall be a flame on it. According to Rabbi Yehuda, doesn't require a third maracha. He explains the Pasuk coming to teach regarding Hatzatzas Alisa, the kindling of the splinters of wood used to start the maracha Gadoa every morning. This was done by kindling small twigs and splinters and inserting them between the larger boards. Rabbi Yossi derives the law of Hatzatzah Salisa from the same place that Rabbi Shimon derived it from, for it was taught in a bride when the Pasuk states, But Nasdim b'nei Aaron ha-kohen eishal mizbeach, and the sons of Aaron the kohen shall place fire in the mizbeach. Rabbi Shimon says, the Pasuk is coming to teach that Hatzatzah Salisa shalotei el berosha shal mizbeach, the kindling of the splinters may not be performed except at the top of the mizbeach, meaning that a kohen may not ignite the splinters on the floor and then bring them to the mizbeach. So the Mizbech Monopoly board with a different maracha in each corner had a pile of wood splinters piled high in the center and a community chess card for taking coals for the Yom Kippur Katoris from the Mizbech Chitzon, which reminds us, the Gemara brings a long brace on which the questions raise whether the coals of the Katoris of Yom Kippur are taken from the Mizbech Chitzon, the outer altar, or the Mizbech Zahav. The Torah states, 
And he shall take a shovelful of fiery coals from upon the Mizbech from before Hashem. The phrase Morifnei Hashem from before Hashem implies that only a part of the Mizbech is before Hashem, but not all of it. Which Mizbech is that? It's Mizbech HaChitzon. Rush explains that the Mizbech HaZahav is considered completely before Hashem. Tav Memvav, so the symbol Memvav is a cow going moo. So here goes. The cone carrying the singed and valid cow parts. Cow parts? That must be more Duff Memvav. The cow carrying the singed and valid cow parts to the special fourth maracha, which reminds us we learned of Memhe Amadav, the Rebbe held that an additional maracha was set up daily on the Mizbech for bringing the limbs and fats that weren't consumed at night. So in Argamari here, Rebbe Laza said in the Mabar Kapara that Rebbe was saying the following, Avery Olish and regarding the limbs of the oil that were left over from the previous night, one makes a separate maracha for them and arranges them upon it, and even on Shabbos. So the Gemara asks what Bar is teaching, given that an explicit mission state the requirement for a fourth maracha. And Rabbi Avin answers, the cause is needed only to teach that the fourth maracha is set up even for invalid parts that are left over. But this is only if the fire has already taken hold of the invalid parts. However, if the fire had not yet taken hold of them, a special maracha is not set up for them. Rashi explains, that it's only upon becoming singed that the parts are considered lach the bread of the mizbech. Others understand this qualification applies to valid parts as well. So the cone carrying the singed invalid cow parts to the special fourth maracha, who was told it wasn't permitted to do so with the Friday tamid on Shabbos, which reminds us after knowing that both Barkabat and Rava agree that we kindled the initial maracha on Shabbos to burn the leftover weekday parts. The Gemara brings Rapunas opinion that Tchilasa Docha Sofa in a Docha, the beginning of the Shabbos Tamid, referring to a Chita and offering up of its parts, is Docha Shabbos, but the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. So we see that Rav Huna holds that parts of the weekday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos. The Gemara brings a Malchokas regarding what is meant by in a Docha. Rav Chissa said, it's Docha Shabbos ve'in a Docha Satuma. This means that although the end of the Tamid is Docha Shabbos, it's not Docha Tuma, although we generally override the Tuma restrictions for the sake of the Tamid. The mere burning of its parts is not significant enough to warrant this. Rabbi said the Ravuna meant Docha Zatuma, Ve'ina Docha Zashabbos. Although the burning of the Tamid is Docha Tuma, the end of the Friday Tamid is not Docha Shabbos. Although the parts of the Tamid are burned in a state of Tuma, the parts of the Friday Tamid are not burned on Shabbos, for their burning doesn't warrant being Docha Shabbos. So the cone carrying the cinch invalid cow parts to the special fourth Maracha, who was told it wasn't permitted to do so with a Friday Tamid on Shabbos, almost stepped on and extinguished coals that had been removed from the Mizbeach. Which reminds us, we state a Machabe Esh Machta Menorah with regard to one extinguishes the fire of the Machta, the Ketor Shavu, or the Menorah. Abai says, one is Chayev, and Rav says he's Pats. And Gemara clarifies that they agree that one is Chayev if he extinguished the coal at the top of the Mizbeach. They disagree in a case when he took it down to the ground and extinguished it there. Abai said he's Chayev, Esh HaMizbeachu. The coal is considered the fire of the Mizbeach. Rabbi says he's patrik came into nitka nitka because once it's removed from the mizbech, it was removed. It's no longer considered eish hamizbech. All right, now it's time to conclude our pop quiz and head questions plus three bonus questions from previous mesechdas. Number one, which of the learned that Bar Kapar teaches that the fourth maracha is set up even for invalid parts that are left over provided they become singed? That's on daf. Membav. Good number two. Which of the one that since the part of the comets that's trapped between the fingers is a suffix, if it can be brought as a comets, Kohanim with Paji fingers are required to do the Kamitsa. That's on Dav. Memzain. Good number three. Which of the one the coals of the Yom Kippur Katoris is taken from the Mizbech Chitzon, which the Pasuk describes as Melifnei Hashem. That's on Dav. Memheg. Good number four. Which of the one the Kimich has credited her Tzniyas for the reason that she had seven sons who served as Kohanim Gadoim. That's on Dav. Memzain. Good number five. 
Worship the Quran, the Quran Gadol does not mention many Aaron in his first vidui because Mutab Yavu Zachai V'yechapra Al-Chai. That's on Dav. Good number six, Worship the Quran Ketoris Mechaperis on the Avera of Rosh Hara. That's on Dav. Memdor. Good number seven. Which of the Marcos are buying rubber, whether one is high for extinguishing coals that have been removed from the Mizbeach? That's on Duff. Membav. Good number eight. Which of the learn the Kong Gadol scoops the coals with a gold makhta and brings it into the Kodesh Gadashim so he shouldn't get exhaust from pouring it from a silver makhta into a gold makhta? That's on Duff. Memdal. Good number nine. Which of the Yudah learns that the Pasuk of Vahesha Mizbech Tukat Bo is coming to teach about the Hatzatzah Salisa? That's on Duff. Memhei. Good. And number ten. Which of the Yudah the Kong Gadol took the Katoris in the Kodesh Gadashim with a cuff because there was no way for him to bring it in just with his hands? That's on Duff. Memzai. Good. Now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which of the Yudah the impact that age has on Tamil Chukamim as well as Amei Haaretz? That's on Duff. Kufnum Basin Shabbos. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we learn that Tekanah's Ezra was modeled after Harsinai? That's on Duff. Chafim Brachas. Good. And number three. Which stuff do we discuss the status of animals found wandering between Yushalayim and Migdal Eder? That's on Duff. Chafim Shkolayim. Excellent. That concludes the Bob Quiz. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.